Hello everyone and welcome to the Ishan Shastri podcast. My name is Cameron and I'm joined once again by the Prince of Jaipur. It is Mr. Ash Shastri. How are you, Ash? I'm not too bad, mate. How are you doing? I'm very good, but I'm super, super excited because this week we are joined by the legend, the most charismatic man I know, and also Ash's private chauffeur when he was over here in England. It is Mr. Simon Rose. How are you, Simon? Welcome to the Ishan Shastri podcast. We are very happy to have you here. Hello, everyone. Honoured to be here, and I'm here to collect the taxi fares that Ash owes me for the last <laughs> how many a, years. A backlog. Hundreds of pounds, I imagine. Yeah, yeah you, you said he'd pay up, Cameron. That's why I'm here. I know. I, well, the prince certainly has some supplies. Mm-hmm. Um, we've Hopefully, to those who listened on the last episode, I've, I've asked Ash to have eaten his dinner beforehand. I believe he has. Uh, so we're, we're hoping for not too much charm. I have, but I have, I have. You have. Was it good yeah. last time, Ash? Did you enjoy it? Yeah. It sounded yeah. like you did. Yeah, About definitely. 20 courses coming through the door. Um, <laughs> but on a, a bit more of a serious note, we do have to start only a few hours ago. Or maybe we should also mention that uh, overnight, Rod Marsh, the legend, he oh, passed away. And uh, But incredibly, uh, just a few hours ago, breaking news that uh, the late great Shane Warner also passed away uh, of a suspected heart attack in in Thailand. Absolutely bonkers news. Very very tragic news. Um, I guess place start is people's memories of him. Uh, for me, my first ever cricketing memories. What got me into cricket was the two thousand and five Ashes series, and obviously he just dominated that even in a, a losing cause. And just more than his skill was his charisma for me. Uh, just an absolute legend of the game, the greatest. Ash, what, what about you? What's your fondest memories of, of the great man? I think uh, no matter what the stats say, I think he's the best bowler that the the, the sport has ever seen. Mm. He could spin it miles on day one, and I don't even remember how many games I've seen where the opposition in uh, in Australia used to be like 100 out for one or 100 out without loss at lunch. And then he used to come in post-lunch, take three, four, five quick wickets and uh, basically just win the game for the Aussies. Having yeah. said that, uh, to be able to do that with his uh, flamboyant personality and his charisma, that was something like extraordinary. And I have not seen such flamboyance in any other player. Like my father, like uh, he loved him just as much and so did Ish and... Uh, I think my father had a line that uh, when uh, Vaughn is bowling, every ball is an event, and I think that kind of kind of sums it up of how how charismatic and how legendary he was in his stature and and uh, I don't know whether I should say it or not, but uh, the sort of life he lived and the sort of controversies he was uh, surrounded with, I think this uh, happens to be the most. Uh, Shane one way of uh, departing of going yeah absolutely of going yeah unfortunately yeah. um yeah because I've been seeing a lot of people's uh, posts saying the greatest spin bowler of the time I, for me he's the greatest bowler, uh, bowler I don't yeah. see yeah, yeah, yeah too yeah, many absolutely. that top him uh, Simon give us your take on on, on the man favorite wicket perhaps. Well, the, the, the wicket's the obvious one, so I'm glad you led me down that route. Uh, I think it was 1993 
Is that the, the Gatting the ball? Century, the Gatting yeah. ball. But I, I, I do remember it. I think it was like a Saturday afternoon at, at home. My dad had the, the test cricket on and mm-hmm. couldn't really believe your eyes. Yeah. Uh, seeing, that, seeing that delivery, Gatting still can't believe it now. I bet. Uh, but I, I, it's what you were saying there about Ash, like, it does seem like a really fitting way for him to go, even though it's shocking, but just uh, mm-hmm. the style of the man. But I don't know if, if you both saw it. It's quite almost creepy that he sent uh, a tweet out hours before uh, speaking about Rod Marsh's unexpected death from a heart attack, saying how crazy it was uh, that the game was losing such a force and so on. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, who's to know that a few hours later? Um, but yes... All from all from us here, like our, our thoughts, I guess, with his well, with his family and loved ones. But uh, the the game and sporting. So I, what I've been very happy to see is that it's not just cricket. The cricket fraternities come out in in uh, in shock, uh, but like the whole whole sporting world. He, he left. Uh, he was he uh, transcended our great sport, but uh, absolute legend of a man. Um, but we shall move on to today's episode. Will be primarily around the. Th- you know, most of us listening to this, we are local cricketers. We love the game. However, do we know which way to hold the bat? I'm not so sure some of the time. Um, and we have got the legend himself, as I said, Mr. S. Rose with us. Uh, he is a legend of the club that both uh, myself and Ash play for, Hive Green. Uh, and we're going to talk today about how local league cricket has evolved through his time at the club and also the differences between, uh, well, well, Ash will be able to tell us the differences between local cricket here in England and in India. Uh, but I think we would like to, well, we want to start off with our guest, as his, his show is, of course, dedicated to Ish. What is your favourite memory of Ish, Simon? Of Ish? Um, unfortunately, I, I didn't get to meet him as much as some of the, as some of the others with uh, what, what games I played. But for, from what, what I remember of him, uh, he, he, he was a... a such a respectful, a genuinely nice, polite young man who gave you—he gave you his full attention mm, yeah. when you spoke to him. You, you, you knew you had his full attention. He had a great knowledge of the, of the game of cricket, and to watch him bat was—I I was lucky enough—I was lucky enough to be injured, so I was on the sideline watching a game at Folkestone, and uh, he, he batted that day, and I think he got thirty-one. Um. But there was no heaves across the line. There was no, yes. you know, the complete opposite to his brother. Yes, yeah, complete opposite. You see Ash come into bat, and Ash can play some delightful strokes himself. But sometimes he likes to treat the bowler with a bit of disdain, and uh, more know, often than not, send the ball packing off to the boundary. So when you see Ish come in to bat, you're expecting more of the same, and for the ball to perhaps go even further. But no, he nudges and flicks. It, it, pleasure to watch him bat, and I, I'm sad that I can't get to watch it. Watch a few more innings mm, yeah. uh, of his, but yeah, a really nice guy. And it, even though I, I only played with him a few times, it, it was someone that I, I wouldn't forget. You know, regardless of the tragic circumstances. Absolutely, and that that is the overriding feeling that Ish, you know, gave to us all. Just how lovely he was, even in the short time we got to spend with him. Um, Ash. Now, I want to hear your favourite memory of S. Rose. There are too many, uh, and thankfully, you know, he's here, however. But don't, but don't spare his blushes. I want you to go full 
uh, full loving on because we all know the special relationship you two had. No mm. one had to listen to you drown on about cricket more than Mr. S Rose and all those yeah. uh, car journeys. So, <laughs> so give give us give us a, a story of S Rose. All right. So first of all, having uh, my favorite memory goes down the drain. I can't pick one. All right. So give me I'll, your top three. I'll, <laughs> Just I'll, go straight to the bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll. I'll Start with my favorite one, I think, uh, as to how it started. I've spoken already about how you called me for a net session, and uh, I came, I was so pumped up, I came like 45 minutes too early. <laughs> and then I, I saw some uh, starry blokes playing there, and I was like, uh, can I bowl at you guys? And they were like, yeah, fair enough. And then uh, that left-hander batsman of there, David Hards, if you, mm-hmm. if you remember him, yeah. He was the one who was, I think he was bowling with me first and then he went into bat. And then I kind of like uh, troubled him a little with the one in his box, one onto his off stump, then one into his ribs or something like that. So they were kind of like, uh, oh yeah, he's, he's not that bad. And then I saw you and the rest, the rest of the guys coming in. And I was, ah, I was practicing with the wrong lot. So uh, then uh, I met Simon and honestly, like uh, initially I just started bullying and you introduced him as uh, Rajat Bhatia of the club. Oh, did I? Well, actually, yeah. I, absolutely. The, the bowling especially. He's got yeah. a better technique than uh, Bhatia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then uh, I think our first conversation that day was about, uh, okay, then I batted then he just like, he has this thing of shaping it into you when you're batting mm. as for a right-hander. So I was like, okay, how do you keep your wicketkeeper? Like, do you keep him up at the stump? Does the keeper stays back? And he says, like, uh, depends on my fitness that day. <laughs> <laughs> which which I, which I now know what it meant. <laughs> Absolutely. So I think uh, that's when we started talking and uh, I think it just stayed on Indeed. up until this day and yeah uh, yeah and i think uh, the the first game we had was uh saltwood the most freezing cold i've ever been in while playing a, playing a game of cricket yeah was it saltwood not selsted ah it was selsted selsted sorry. yeah selsted, selsted, yeah, yeah. selsted yeah saltwood was the following that was the first home game the following week yeah yeah yeah, you got some runs in that one. The Celsted one, I don't believe you did. Yeah. I remember that fondly. Okay. <laughs> um, and uh, that day, I think it was so cold that we kind of uh, struggled a great deal, all of us. And we were like, kind of hoping for it to end. And I think uh, I saw a notice board about teas and I'm like, oh, please, can I have like a, a gallon of tea or something? Like That's all I thought was needed for that particular game. But I think then, I think over time, we won't even have like a memory as such. We almost like met every week when we had a game. We discussed cricket, we discussed football, politics, India. I think I don't remember anything that we did not discuss. So we discussed you as well. Me? Yeah. I'm sure only good for, things, yeah. And for non-cricketing, non-cricketing reasons. Non-cricketing reasons, I have no non-cricketing yeah. things to discuss. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm, I'm intrigued <laughs> to hear, but maybe not on such a live platform. Yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, but to give context, everyone, 
when I keep mentioning about being a chauffeur and so on, uh, the club where we play is on the south coast of Kent, and Ash was honed in uni, which was in Canterbury, which is near the more the north side, and Simon is the only player also from that, well, I say that area, it's not even that near to Canterbury, but mm. uh, so he had the unfortunate task of having to deliver Ash to our games uh, on the way. Normally, I imagine tripling his distance and time to get here, but we were all very thankful they did. He took one for the team and uh, and uh, got got our prize player there each week in, in one safe piece. Um, do, you, do you have one cricketing memory, though? I'm trying to get this out, Ash, or, of Simon, because I there's so many that I can think of. You've missed out this year, to be honest, to see Simon once again blossom into a destructive batsman of of all kinds. His last innings, you really did miss out, Ash. Uh, I, I, I I did see like 10 fours in the scorecard and I realised like that must have yeah. been a good one. Yeah. He was pulling balls down the ground, Ash, with disdain. It was tremendous. Uh, got some photos of the man. It, it, it yeah. was a terrific innings and uh, as always consistent with the ball. But but Ash, is is there one cricketing memory uh, that sticks out to you of of Mr. Simon Rose? I think there was one game where he took his six for. That was, I think, kind of uh, one uh, standout memory I have. Then I think there was one uh, game. Uh, which one was it? I think it was Elam Valley at uh, at home, and uh, we had a great start. Then we kind of lost five wickets for like nothing almost. And then me and him, we were batting together. And we... Like, I think I was in and he walked in and he was like, I think we were, were in a, a bit, spot of a, of bit of a hole, aren't we? Yes. We, because we were in a spot of bother. Because because we then, then I turned around and we looked at who was to come after me or after him. Mm-hmm. And then we we were we must say we were rather disappointed. So, not in 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 the cricketing sense, but in terms of uh, the amount of runs we could have uh, hoped for from those lovely chaps of uh, yes, of who they're listening, here. Ash. Who in yeah. particular were you disappointed with? That's why I want. I think uh, not saying I don't remember would be would <laughs> be the nicest remember. thing to say. Most probably. <laughs> But I think, but I think that game from then onwards, I think we did have a wonderful partnership with each other. He got about thirty, forty, or I scored some, about the same amount of runs, and I think that uh, partnership of us saved uh, saved the game, and then we kind of beat them quite comprehensively in the end. Mm. Well, because mm. my my favorite has to be beating. Mine and Ash's, or the club's record partnership at that time. Uh, I did it with Mr. S. Rhodes. Uh, we don't really want to mention that it got that that partnership then got beaten a week later. Uh, but but that <laughs> that was particularly special. Because um, what was what was ours, Ash? What was? Can you remember the total? Ours was I think two hundred six. Two hundred six. Because I. Not to you know blow our own trumpets here, but I believe ours was what two fifty plus. Uh, Sire, it was, it was just was it two fifty two sixty? Yeah, I think so. That that'll be top of the charts for a few years at least. I, I thought to <laughs> myself as I went on holiday the following week. Well, that was your first mistake. Then that was my 
So I'm, I'm to blame. And then to see to see my record gone a week later. Well. Incredible. I think that the club has been around for what? Thanks, it, Alan. Yeah, about 150 <laughs> years. And uh, yeah. for to get the club record partnership of like 250, 60 odd, uh, and then the very next week it get it, it got beaten again. Uh, all all our our leader in chief Alan Smith's fault, uh, of course, it, with his maiden century. Um, okay, let's get into so Simon. Give us a little talk about league cricket in Kent that you've kind of experienced from being a youth because. Being a rose, everyone should know you are indoctrinated in cricket from a, an early age. Everyone must play. Uh, I'm sure in the back garden it must have been very feisty at times with you and your brother. Um, but how has it evolved? Has it evolved even uh, from when you started out to to these days? Uh, well, for me, it's evolved a hell of a lot because Hive Green didn't play league league cricket at all until. 2007, 8, 9 possibly. So it was only friendly cricket that I ever really played until I was getting on for 25, 30 years old. So it was obviously a bit more a bit more relaxed, not quite as competitive. Um, if, if I'm honest, in the recent years, I've, I've found that it's getting a bit faster, the, the pace of the game. Maybe it's just because I'm getting older, I don't know. I agree, but, um, my eyes are going. Everything seems it was far more. <laughs> it, was, it was far more laid back, I think, and you'd, you'd come across a lot more oppositions with a few burly blokes that you know, fag in one hand and uh, you know just wanting to be there for a bit of fun, playing yeah. once a week. Mm. And now we've got a lot. We're a lot more competitive. Obviously, we're moving up a league again this year, so I expect mm. it to be more mm. so. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Ash, we need you this year. We've got some big games. You may never know. Well, don't don't tantalise us like this with uh, the prospect of seeing your good self this year. That uh, that would be too much for me to bear. I think even before I left, I said that, uh, please uh, keep me in the books because whenever possible, I'm just going to make an appearance. Yeah. And hopefully, yes, we won't have to put you under a... Yes, anyway, <laughs> um... <laughs> That, that's for another uh, so, episode. <laughs> yes. Um, but I guess that maybe is an example of where things have changed and developed. Because I assume back in the day, you didn't have stuff like player registration or maybe the rules around it, the, the quite strict rules for... It, it just baffles me because, you know, we are playing for the love of the game, amateur, so on. And they've brought in these rules, making it difficult for people to just have a game. Uh, yes, no, I, personal gripe. Although we did experience, I guess, in a Sunday league, why they have certain rules when playing near your end, Simon. Uh, if if you remember, what, what was the club? What was the club? Uh, it's a, a, a club, it's like a sports and social club up here in Sittingbourne called the Woodcombe. The Woodcombe, that's Woodcombe. it. That, they just, they're in the bottom division of the Kent Village League, and they still are. And uh, they, they they play on a ground called Merston Park, which is more it's used for football all winter long. Mm. It's it's not somewhere you want to bat on. I got a duck no. that day, so I can attest to that. Um, we we yes. scored over two hundred that day, and uh, that was a- who got runs. Ash, was that you? Ash got a few. I, I got like forty odd. 
because uh, how do how do I say Simon? Because uh, yeah, yeah, we yeah, opened yeah, together, yeah. side didn't we? Yeah, that, they got me Steve out for Q. a duck and Steve thought Q. that they'd got Cameron, so they went bananas. <laughs> and then they realised they hadn't got you out. Kevo got the runs. I think he got, got seventy, runs. eighty yards. Yeah. Oh, what a hero! I had one of my worst sledges that day. Uh, so it was after yes, yourself got outside and they and yes, they want they said that uh, they thought you were I. Um, and I can't remember if some daft bastard was bloody umpiring for us, one of the players, and corrected them and say, like, no, Cameron's that one. And they were like, oh, okay. And at that point, you know, somehow I was the league top scorer at that point. And they were like, all oh, right. But a few balls overs later, everyone was remarking on, surely the umpire got it wrong. It couldn't be me because I was so shit because uh, I couldn't lay about on the ball. And they just kept telling me. This guy, like, silly cover, just, like, droning into my ear that, that I'm surely not that person because I'm so bad. Uh, and inevitably, I got out having a massive swing at one a few a few balls later. But anyway, we had a not... Well, we got to 200, which I, I'm pretty surprised about. But then, if I, without mentioning names as such, they had a bit of um, I think, the definition of a ringer mm. uh, being someone who's played, I believe, County Twos and... Uh, plays and gets paid, I believe, for a Premier League club, or he did at least then. Uh, but he was being played under a false name. And he's, I remember, I believe I opened the bowling, and no, I'm not quick enough to worry a batsman. But on a, a pitch that was doing all sorts, I could not believe that on his second ball, he lapped me over his head for uh, for four. And it was, I was thinking, this, this doesn't uh, smell right. And then when I think someone asked him how many runs he's got, I think I asked him how many runs he got this year, and he was like, oh, not many, not many, not, and then uh, you look at, and he's never scored a hundred on play cricket, and he went and smashed. What was it? Hundred. Got a hundred. Was it hundred fifty plus? Hundred. Yeah, over yeah. hundred sixty odd. And I think we and uh, yep, and uh, me and Cam we opened the bowling, and I was like, okay, yeah, like the wicket is tough, but then he's somehow making it look too easy. Mm, yeah. 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 You can because, tell, can't you? You can tell. Yeah, when because someone I bet it on that surface and. Uh, even surviving on that one was hard enough. Mm. Uh, like, my favourite uh, stat of the day was poor Duncan Bernard. Duncan Bernard, yeah. Um, he, he, I think he bowled two overs, none for 28. And his first over was a maiden. <laughs> yeah. and then he, he bowled to the other batsman. And then this one mm. got on strike. And I remember yeah. standing, just seeing the ball sail over my head a number of times. I think it was like 2.3 overs, one maiden, none for 40 or something. Oh, yeah. It yeah. wasn't pretty, was it? They, they, um, they, he yes. was bowling a good line. No and he's ducking a line. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, he was but, probably but, too but, accurate. But, he was too accurate. But funny thing, though, funny thing, though, our man, Martin Smith, uh, dropped this guy off my bowling. Did he? He did. Wasn't he captain he, that day as well? He, he was captain, and I think uh, the guy, Lyndon, he was, he was <laughs> on like 30, 40 odd or something. And then he... <laughs> He <laughs> dropped an absolute sitter. Be seeing, um, yeah. <laughs> well, quickly moving on. But yes, uh, yeah. I, I guess that was a long-winded example of why some regulations are coming. But at the same point, it's yeah. it's a bit... Um, un, it's not very necessary in my books. But continue. Sorry, we derailed you, Simon. How? Oh, so, some more, more points from how things have changed. Like, especially maybe... What about with the club? I know most people listening probably don't know Hive Green inside out like we do, but... I'm very intrigued to hear how you think things have changed uh, while you've been there. I, I think we had a 
a smaller nucleus of players, but people were, were available more off, often or, or not. And mm. you sort of maybe mm. you'd have maybe 16, 17 people, even on the books, didn't need books. Um, just, you know, for the captain to call up, the majority would be available yeah. every week. And I'm sure Alan would tell you now, he's probably got 30 people he could call upon each week, but he can only get six, seven, eight of them some weeks. You know, people have got other things yeah. going on. Uh, so that, that's one one difference where it, it, every Sunday was cricket. Mm. That was it. And of course, just Sunday team, whereas now it's a Saturday league team that we play on Sunday. It was solely Sunday, 2.30 start, but later day, not one o'clock in the afternoon like yeah. we do now. Um, and very rarely, if at all, any overs cricket. There was, we used to play Kinge in September, mm. a 40 overs game. And it was the only time we played a, a, an overs game all season. And some of the old boys, my thing included, uh, it, oh, don't want to play overs games. Like league cricket, don't want to play that. And uh, it was unusual. And it felt a bit more, not nasty's not quite the right word, but it was you know, a bit more edge to it, even if it, it was a friendly 40-over <laughs> game. And so you had the 2.30 start, and you just bat until 5 o'clock unless you were all out. And half an hour for tea, quite a leisurely tea. And then after tea, the opposition would go out and have a bat. And at half past six, an hour later, the umpire would call for 20 overs. And uh, you'd do the countdown all the way down to to zero. And so you, you probably wouldn't bat as many overs batting second chasing. Um, especially if you were clever, you know, with how quickly you got through your overs. Because you could get through your overs... To somehow 20 overs in an hour yeah. before half past seven and then you could fit more in if you had spinners bowling at, at both ends so games finished a bit later I suppose and there was always the obligatory go to the pub afterwards and mainly sit and talk about the game um, I, I, before I even started playing I used to go along and watch my dad and my uncle mm. play and I'd do the scoreboard or the, then the scorebook or occasionally get on to be a subfielder or even play for the opposition if they had 10 men. I did that a few times. So I actually made my men's cricket debut against Hive Green. <laughs> but there, there's no, that's not on play cricket. <laughs> uh, so that's, I'm missing stats do you on have play a, cricket. Do you have a preference between, say, 40 overs, overs cricket or these time games? Um, I think now we, we've been playing the 40 overs for so for quite a few years that I, I, I'm more used to it and that there's yeah, especially with the league games there's something riding on it more often than not unless it's towards the end of the season and you've got nothing to play for which well we haven't had that we've had some pretty big games at the end of the season in recent years yeah um, it, it's, it shouldn't be about the be all and end all of getting points but Especially when you you drive the distance I do, and you know think oh it's more worthwhile because we you know we can move up the league table. Yeah. Whereas when I first started playing, it was just you know let's go and have a nice afternoon play cricket. And regardless of whether it's even now if it's a friendly or if it's a league game, I still want to win Absolutely. just as much. And I'm disappointed, gutted if I don't get you know if I do badly and if we lose it's. You know, it doesn't matter if it's legal or friendly, to be honest. But friendlies are a bit more, just like, for example, when we're on tour, mm. uh, you're not so worried about it. 
you don't get so nervous perhaps before a game than you would when it's a league game. And I don't know why, that's just a, maybe a mental thing for myself, but whether you two feel the same. I found that uh, the COVID hit season where we had, what, a third of a year, a uh, third of a season, sorry, and it was all friendly games, I found it really difficult. Look, when I say to get up for it, I you know, on our league games on a Saturday, I understand we're not playing professional sport. I'm not saying... I'm wearing the headphones, getting absolutely pumped. But at the same time, it, it, I found it easier to even perhaps concentrate and give it everything when it does have the kind of points uh, riding behind it. I found it, for some reason, difficult uh, in that mini kind of season we had with the friendlies. And and But I still love friendlies. And, and ironically, I'm pretty sure if you ever look and play cricket, my friendly average is probably a lot higher than my league one. But... I don't. I for me, it's a, it's a different feeling. I, I love us being competitive. I, I've always been very proud of the fact that Hive Green play competitively, but not over the edge at all. Um, I think that's a selling point to the club that we mm. we give respect where where it's due, and uh, we we go for it hard, but not really at the opposition. If anything, we abuse ourselves more than more than the opposition, <laughs> uh, unless you're Nick Allen. Um, that that's that's how but i see yeah i'm definitely a fan of the league cricket ash what about you and tell us about in indian cricket yeah. are you hearing similarities with what simon's uh portraying well i'll uh start with the fact that uh that you didn't enjoy the the covid season that much was it because you weren't scoring enough runs or was it because you were somebody was outscoring you in uh, in some way um well, as I've just, I've already laid my excuses down to why I got outscored yeah. that season. Like, I couldn't possibly get up for those games. Uh, and I just thought, you know what, we'll give it, we'll let Ash get, get a few more this year. Well, that, that someone got uh, robbed of his batting award for some reason. I, I know. Uh, yeah. I, I felt terrible keeping hold of that for another year. Yep, 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 yep. Call me Robert Lewandowski because they didn't, uh, <laughs> they didn't give me the award when I deserved it. Ashwin Robert Lewandowski, yeah. classic. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, uh, in club cricket, I think uh, in the years I've played, like the four or five in the UK itself, I could feel that the game was uh, catching a lot of pace. Like there were more quality players who were being available regularly. Because mm. over such a long period, like the teams you play regularly, you kind of start recognizing their players, their the lot and how the teams are progressing. Yeah. So a lot of teams have progressed like in the right direction, which is good for the game. Of course, there are some teams which are kind of struggling to put 11 men out. But I think that's kind of the situation all around. Like there would be some teams which are going to struggle and some that are going to do well. Mm. Mm, comparing it to India, like one uh, major difference we have here is that uh, we don't have like a half yearly kind of a thing. Like we could virtually play cricket all around the year, provided that it's not raining or it's not uh, it's not too hot. So, like the months of uh, May and June are like kind of fifty degrees during daytime. So, like they are kind of written off in some capacity. Right. And uh, uh, the monsoon season, like the rains are rather heavy, so we don't play much cricket around that time either. I'm not so sure the, our bodies could take 12 months of cricket. I, I know that mm -hmm. mine certainly couldn't. 
I'm sure Simon feels the same. Uh, well, the, the, the COVID season we're speaking of, which what started end of July, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. Round to September. I, I managed to just play in August and damage my Achilles and <laughs> yeah. didn't make it to September. So definitely not 12 months. No, no. no. Uh, in theory, I'd love it, but uh, I'm not sure the body could take it. No, but like we don't uh, happen to have like seasons like that. We have like uh, small phases of different tournaments. Right. Most of the cricket is played like, okay, for like three months uh, right uh, after the monsoon, two, three months around that time. Then we have uh, Diwali and then we have everything else from uh, after Diwali all the way up to Holi. Like that is these three, four, five months. Then we start having like locals, like evening or late night T20s under lights. And then I think when the IPL is going on, nobody plays anything for some reason. <laughs> all mm. too busy watching. Yeah. Yeah, but with it being tournaments, uh, how does it work with if you get knocked out in one of the earlier rounds? Then surely you don't have that much cricket to play afterwards. At least with the league system, you know you've got twenty so games. I think it's kind of like a mixture of leagues and knockouts because we are like we we in the, in India we don't have like a league system. We don't prefer it that way. We have like a league then a knockout in whatever we do. Like even the football league that we have. We have the league set up and then we have like the, the semis and the finals as well. Right. It it, it kind of goes that way. So um, the leagues are okay. Uh, you do get some fair share of games. There are some knockout tournaments as well. Mm. You get to play like weeks in, weeks out. Sometimes you just uh, have one bad day and then you're out. Like at, uh, at school level, we used to have tournaments which are often knockouts. So it was like you never knew like how long you're going to stay in that particular place, a particular city, a particular tournament. There was mm -hmm. one in the city called Udaipur. It's kind of like within the Rajasthan itself. It's like a very touristy kind of a place. All right. So um, there we packed for like three, four days. Then we ended up staying about eight to ten days. And then same was the case with a lot of other tournaments. There was one where we were like quite confident of uh, kind of going all the way and winning it. But then mm -hmm. we got out, we lost in the second game. So it kind of, it kind of goes both ways. So that is one major difference. Otherwise, uh, the umpiring bias can also come into picture at times. In India or? In, 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 in India. All right. Not with Giles, oh, well, he works against us. No, no, no. The, the, the bias there works against us. That's, that's, <laughs> that's the thing. Yeah. Like, it's it's criminal when people accuse him of bias. Uh, I, because he tries. I, he's so unbelievably fair. fair. Uh, we lose that little bit of advantage. And if anything, I think he, in his attempt to come across as unbiased as possible, he he goes the other way somewhat. Mm -hmm. um, what a what a man. Um, no, but uh, no, but uh, uh, special shout out to Jalo for I think being the most uh, scholarly empire and bloke cricketer person that i know about like he has so much knowledge and information to share about the sport and uh, like every single discussion i've had with him about the game about empiring well i think i happen to be the most furious one with, mm. after all my appeals and everything so what well, we've, we've replaced you though now with a certain another left armor who you haven't met yet a certain ollie king uh, it's it's like mad left arm seamers have this this way about them. But you're right. You certainly mm. do have the the crown as the most 
enthusiastic appealer. But Ollie, Ollie's up mm. there. He's like he's watched a few tapes of yours, and he, and Giles, once he thought he got rid of you, uh, and everyone's come along. <laughs> like as much as I'd love referrals uh, in local league cricket, I, I being captain of Ash, I think it would have been a, you know, Stuart Broad esque. I would have been pressured many a time to go up. Uh, yes, but so I'm I'm really intrigued by the level of play in India compared to over here uh, at our kind of level. Mm. Would you say that teams as a whole are stronger over there or when you were here? I think uh, overall here, like teams are more skillful in terms of technique. So you right. would have like a lot of batsmen who have like uh, solid back left, upright stance, perfect cover drives. They're going to, they're going to like charge uh, at the spinner they're going to play spin very well mm, the bowlers they're going to have like a good line and length decent pace and um, we don't we didn't have uh, too many scholar uh, sloggers for most time but then like then i came into the picture and, mm. uh, a very yeah, good slogger that's slogger. how i describe yeah, you, yeah. that that's how i started as well because earlier i was just like okay i could block a few and then i could play slog sweep mm, yes so that's uh, how I evolved my game because all the coaches that uh, that saw my game, they were like, nah, he can't play cover drive. He's not a batsman. And I'm like, I don't have to. No. Yeah. So with that, uh, there was quality in terms of uh, spin bowling, off spinners, sure. leg spinners, uh, mystery spinners. Mm. There was a guy who was like somewhere around the Murli Mendes era who could like spin it so mysteriously that he used to take like in in the in the games. I think he used to average like four or five wickets every innings. Mm. Yeah. And uh, we even had like a format called like a day's cricket thing. So, so that was like a, a two day thing where uh, both teams, they happened to like bat twice. But because it's such a short duration, I think the, the team that batted first had to score big to basically win the game. Yeah. So you, you had the first inning point. So uh, I often, uh, I, I think uh, you may remember that discussion that uh, that guy, he was like an absolute tormentor. So they used to bring him like around over 15, over 16, and then he used to just come and rip through. Their opening bowlers were absolute, like, they, they bowl absolute pies. So they used to go, like, 7, 8, 10 overs, give the other team, like, 80-odd runs and give them that sense of uh, sense of confidence. And then he used to come in and then just skittle teams over. Yeah. So on the final day, we had to, like, bat out about 60 or eight, 64 overs. And uh, I was there and I opened that day because they knew that I could block spin rather well. Mm -hmm. So as a chain, they started with a spinner and uh, not not him, somebody else. And then they were like all going for runs and something. I think I survived up until over number 57. And uh, before that, he was not getting much spin. So we had like seven, eight overs left and we were about 160 or for one I was like in my 60s I don't remember how many then I think he somehow found his way to like spin it back again 
over number 61 we were like uh, we added like 10 more runs and lost to six more wickets so that's how good he was where on the scale of my spin to his uh are you more scared of his or mine ash well i'm uh, more scared to answer this question than anything else <laughs> well i'll take that as yeah. me uh nah. my devilish <laughs> off spin my and devilish then, straight ones and and then i think uh, on Uh, like i blocked one of his delivery where uh, i think he tried to bowl a leggy but through like a wrong and kind of an action he used to do those weird things so mm. i kind of like opened up and then blocked it played it right in the middle of my bat it fell down in the rough and rolled back onto the stumps oh yeah that's i don't i don't enjoy this it happened twice to me and mm-hmm. one time uh i defended it into the ground it rolled back onto the stumps i got duck and that was the game when nick went and scored 219 and i had to watch him at that point we were similar in the runs tally for that season uh gosh that was that, that hurt that did mm. um simon so obviously as we know local cricket isn't all about point scoring it's about having a good time socially and um amongst your friends uh do you have a tale for us one that can be repeated on such a, a friendly family show such as this um of anyone it can include ash it can include uh whoever you like maybe a tour story um oh god because at hive <laughs> green we are famed for our our tours um i know i'm putting you on the spot here there must be so many uh but uh we'll, we'll give you a moment we'll give you a moment have a have a little think uh ash you went on a tour didn't you i believe I yeah yeah uh thankfully not with me um what was your favorite memory from that from that tour ash while we give Simon a moment to think well my favorite memory honestly was just like just being out there batting and one before that was like i of course it is i've asked you for a question on non cricketing mm. <laughs> favorite yeah. moments and it's when you were batting four days of batting yeah of course yeah. <laughs> and uh, i think it was the first game itself and dan carl i think he was kind of he already he has already had enough Yes. and then he kind of like fell asleep around 3 or 4 in the afternoon bright and sunny and he was just like <laughs> and i think i even have a picture of me like with my foot on top of him and then just waving around i think sebi took that picture oh sebi sebi go man. on sabe go on sabe, sabe. He's so, developed into the club's premier wicketkeeper over the winter by the way. Honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh in indoor cricket he's been absolutely superb. Now I uh, I object to Seb in the work he's put in. Seb is a, a, a very good wicketkeeper and if you're lis- listening Seb, hello. Uh yeah. I would like to object to him wicketkeeping because he's so fast around the field. I know. It saves me running <laughs> around. <laughs> you you do realize his inclusion as our wicketkeeper does somewhat mean that you will be as one of our sprightlier fielders <laughs> after taking the catch of the season as you also missed that a, a blinding one-handed catch over his head down at what deep cover or deep midwicket uh down near the cows it was absolutely terrific from Simon rolling back the years and it it just meant yeah. that he's uh, guaranteed a spot on the boundary for another few more well i know that, that that's one thing i can guarantee on a saturday <laughs> afternoon on the boundary i think yeah. but Yes. Wish I could guarantee um, runs and wickets as well. 
So do you have a tale for us, Simon? Oh, Cameron, putting me on the spot yes. like this. I, I have. There, there's so many things that have happened. I, I, my first tour was 2000 or 2001. So there's nearly, I've missed a couple in between, but at least 20 tours I think I've been on. Um, there's been mattresses thrown out of windows. There's been room mm. raids aplenty. That, yes. I, I've been dangled off a balcony at one hotel <laughs> in Worthing. Uh <laughs> There's there's been people turning up dressed as the Pink Panther and Sylvester, uh, and doing suggestive things on the boundary as, dressed as them. None of them were us, by the way. Just just for those of you listening, these yes, are yes. people from in the past. Some of them. Where would I begin, um, and what would you need to edit if I started talking about it? Yeah. Well, my very my very first tour as a. Wet round the ears, fourteen year old. Uh, I got room raid by yourself and your brother, <laughs> and my own roommate and James Wybrow. That that was well, a wake up call. Admit- James Wybrow. Yeah. Well, we talk about point scoring it, 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 in the league, but myself and James Wybrow and James Rose, Willow Donnell, they're more into point scoring than point scoring. Mm, really, they are yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Uh, that's the only way to get James to score a few runs, isn't it? To give him a target for... What was it last year you did for him? We did the... Uh, I'm not sure if you're aware, Ash. We did the the, the Wybrow run tracker. Mm. as uh, James wasn't scoring too many runs. And uh, I thought a bit of incentive. I think we set him 250 runs by tour. And he was probably on track before we started the tracker to make about 50 runs by tour. He wasn't getting any at all. And this this put him into action. I think he scored a seventy odd. Yeah, he seventy. He ended up with over three hundred runs for the season, but he didn't quite make the two hundred and fifty. Yeah. That the prize was he would get a, a keg of ale for tour, had he have made it. But if he didn't make it, then Rose Brothers Incorporated got the the keg <laughs> instead. <laughs> but he did get to drink from it as well. Well, one well, one fond memory I I have of him is I think that. Second game on tour that I played, he was just on the sidelines in his in in his shorts, like showing off all his muscles and his his raw strength. That that and sounds like most days for him. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yep. Yeah. I've lived with the man. I've seen it up close and, on on many and, an occasion. And, and funny enough, he just decides to okay, all right, what the hell? I'll just come in and bat. He he didn't have any shoes on. He had when he batted. Yeah, yeah. He only got some pads, gloves, and helmet, and just just those things. I think they made him put a t-shirt on. He, we were at yeah, Elveston. Elveston, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and he he wasn't playing. He was he, he was injured in inverted uh, comma. Yeah. Injured. Yeah. And uh, they 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 didn't have. I think they had someone go home. They had a a couple of spare spots, and he'd had a, he'd been drinking most of the uh, afternoon as it was there was a bar next next to the, in the ground there. So he all of a sudden he fancied a bat when he saw the high green bowlers <laughs> toiling in the sunshine. <laughs> Wouldn't we all fancy a bat against and, that rabble, yeah. yeah. And I think uh, one of the spinners, he came on and uh, Brow, I think, had a taste of him for some reason. He nearly hit him uh, into the castle. I think that possibly is one of the longest sixes I've uh, ever seen. And, he, uh, does, and he, he does. He has a talent. He did for something similar this year at the same ground when he was supposed to be playing this time. 
that do you remember Cameron? Not yes, yes. The the rain affected fast that we had there. Yeah, on last season. Season he, I think he scored fifty in. Yes, and about twelve five balls. Or six balls. over. Yeah, it was. It was. And he he nearly there was an ambulance. There was a, an elderly gentleman that uh, had an ambulance called to him. <laughs> side of the the side of the pitch tending to him, and we were worried for the safety of the paramedics. <laughs> This is a the they were on the leg side boundary <laughs> with, with with like fourteen year olds bowling halfway down to James and Wymer. It was it was rather yeah. brutal. Um, I really I another so from these tours, uh, maybe one day we hope to we'll get Simon's brother James on. Uh, and because why I mention this is because they are a double act on tour, a very special uh, event uh, that happens at the end of the week or well, throughout the week. They are the fines committee, and throughout uh, our toilings in the field and and off the field, they they keep notes very secretly of of silly things that say that members of the touring party does uh, while on tour. And at the end, it's a it's a very nice moment that everyone gets together in the last evening, and Simon and James read out the for some of us at least the numerous fines that seem to be collated throughout the throughout the week. My question to you, Simon. Again, I just love throwing you under the bus. Uh, is there <laughs> is there one maybe of recent years that kind of sticks out a, a, a touring fine that you've given to someone? Because even from my mind, there, there's been some. And again, the, the most uh, memorable of them probably I don't know how how well they all relate to our our listeners. But I really want want you to put put someone out there under the bus. One of our listeners. Uh, goodness me, we could read any one of Jason Roberts's. Well, from this year, absolutely. I'll try and remember them. James Wybrow always picks up lots of fines. Uh, oh, some, some of them. Cameron's, Cameron's always a sneaky fine accumulator. Accumulates runs at the wicket, but then fines off the pitch as well. I try each year not to, so I don't know how it keeps happening. I can't think of a particular one, but some of the fines that James Wybrow gets... And when his father, Martin, is on the tour and the, the look of horror on Martin Wybrow's face <laughs> to hear, look at his son, you, did you? You didn't. There's pro- perhaps, um, w- w- there's that uh, app, Tinder. Mm-hmm. T- yeah. The Tinder app, one year. And uh, uh, James Wybrow was fined for that. And a few others were fined for it as well. And Martin Wybrow looked at James and Wybrow, you you don't use that, do you? And James looked at him sheepishly and just said, "No." <laughs> yeah, that that was one that sticks out. Uh, perhaps not the funniest one, but I, there's a number on there. You know, I can't repeat a lot. Of I I know, I know you can't. Um, but I I there is a story. Maybe you can tell us because it. If anything, it it uh, it's upsets me. I wasn't even there, and it wasn't even me. But it involves Mister Brow senior brow this is and a certain bat of his and a challenge that was set uh can, can you give us this story well in some ways it's similar to the wybrow run tracker we had last season where on a particular tour probably about 2007 i've had to hazard i guess so it was a few years back martin wybrow had a very old bat he'd had the same bat since i was a kid and first knew him a gray nickels and uh, it had seen better days. And I think a number of the more senior players of the squad, bear in mind I wasn't a senior player then, uh, decided it was about time Mr. Wybrow could afford a new bat. 
but Martin didn't want to part with said bat. So they, they I, I forget the exact amount of runs. It might have been 100 runs that he had to score of the week of tour. And in those days, we were down in East uh, West Sussex. So we had we played Monday to Friday. So we had five games. Bear in mind, he might have had a game off and might not bat up the order to get 50 or 100 runs. We'll say 100. I, I have a, Martin a memory of it being 50. Because I thought it was, I thought it was 50, because I thought it was a total that he really should have got. Well, that, that, I'm giving Mr. Wybro uh, yeah, a bit of a bit leeway. Well, you know, it was 150. 150. You know? I, I seem to think 100, 100 but uh, maybe it was 50. He didn't get, he wasn't far from it, you know. He was within 10, I'm pretty sure. But uh, unfortunately, he didn't make it. But they're, still, they're not really going to, they, they, they were going to burn his bat. They're not, how are we going to do this? They're not really going to burn his bat. Um, well, at the end of the game at Ferring on the Friday, uh, the bat was missing. It had gone. And uh, obviously Martin was fearing the worst. By the time we got back to the Beechwood Hotel in Worthing, the bat had lighter fluid uh, strapped to it. And I think, <laughs> I'm sure there's a photo somewhere of Tim Wise holding it. So oh, you know yes. that, that <laughs> he's not going to be afraid to do the deed. Uh it was burned in the hotel car park in front of him. Uh, yeah, no, I, that, I, that was I that. myself would be absolutely furious. Mm. <laughs> I, I just, I'm, I'm surprised he stayed so calm. Uh, he did. He, he took it. He took it very well. He, he did take it very well. Good sport. Um, maybe bring it back to the more league side of cricket. What, what are your aims for this year, Mister Rose? Uh, it, we've been like we've said, we've gone up a league. Um, Fully, you've now kind of rediscovered this brutal batting and boundary hitting self of yours. So, what what are you targeting this year? I'm target. Well, I, I hit top form on the last game of the season, so that was that yeah, was, that was a, good. Yeah, that was a shame. I'd hit a bit of form earlier in the year, but I I was always scratching around. Even though I was scoring a few runs at the beginning of the year, it was never fluent like that last innings. Uh, my my first aim for 2022 is to get through the season unscathed and stay fit and be actually available to play cricket and not miss cricket because I can't mm. walk properly. That that's got to be the first before we, if I'm not out there then I can't score any runs or, or take any wickets. Uh other targets I just like to contribute and uh let's let's win some games. It's yeah. not I don't think it's going to be a very easy season for us. Uh but I, we can hold our own against any of those teams. We, we would have to perform well. Yes. But certainly. to contribute and be competitive. And uh, I like like sitting at the non-strikers and watching you put the put the ball uh, to all parts. We can put on fifth. We, 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 we beat Herne Bay and we had to score. Uh, would we bowl them out for? 50-something? It was 52, I believe, we needed. Again. Yeah, we bowled them for 52. Well, put it this way, listeners. Um, just before we scored the winning runs, uh, to let you know how our opening st- unbroken opening stand went, Cameron came up to me and, and didn't really want me to get off the mark because a boundary would mean he could score 50. <laughs> <laughs> but we won by 10 wickets. We did. That was the important thing. You selfish <laughs> What, me for scoring a run or him for not getting the 50? I, I really I was desperate as well and I think when we needed one run 
I think I was on about 46. And I remember going down to you saying, I can't help. I'm going to have to go for this. And, and the calm words were just, you know, <laughs> league cricket, just get the full points because any wickets they got at that point would be a point to them. Uh, don't give it away. But, and I, I maybe, I, I don't know if I saw sense or I let you get the winning, well, when I say let, I probably missed the ball and, and you hit the winning runs in the next over. But um, yes, that, that was a fun game. I enjoyed, the, the I, enjoyed I, I got, you scored all the runs and my, my run got the biggest cheer. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, I know it did. Um, and the question that Ash keeps asking me to ask you is how many Sunday games are you playing this year, Mr. Rose? Sunday games. I, I believe that that question has been directed straight from Cameron. <laughs> uh, no, no, definitely not. I, I'll have to refer you to Mrs. Rose on that yeah. answer. I, I can't answer on that. I, I've heard there's a coup. Let going him play. On. Yeah, let him play. <laughs> she's, not, um, she's not in the room. Uh, I've heard there's a coup to at the AGM to make Mr. Rose Sunday captain. That's all I'm saying. My my vote is S Rose Sunday captain. You can't not play if you're captain. Well, I'll I'll be needing to lodge with somebody because I'll be kicked out of the house if I'm. Well, there's a room. There's a room for you here, Simon. Uh, but yes, no. It. Any any other like final remarks on like maybe maybe the state of league cricket, Hive Green as in general. Anything that you've you thought of over the time that have changed. Um, personnel, whatever, whatever. The floor is yours, Mr. Rose. Well, but personnel, obviously, a lot of people have come and gone there's not there's nobody left mm. um there's pl- the, the, the the turnover of pe- people sometimes is you even look back 10 years and think oh there's only a couple of people left from that side yeah. um but what one of the big differences i've felt a few times in recent years and i've said it to my brother i believe is when we first started playing or when i first started playing if you scored 200 just got to 200 in your 40 overs or in your timed overs you you more often not won the game. Two hundred, you were home and hosed. Really, it was very rare that that you would lose if you'd posted two hundred. And now that, as you know, that that doesn't seem enough. Yeah. Sometimes you should be getting two fifty, two sixty, getting on on towards three hundred. I think last summer we we had some pretty poor weather over here, and uh, the wickets it was damp and muddy even in July, wasn't it? Yeah. So the scores were perhaps a little bit lower, but. I think you need to sort you sometimes if you were 100 for one or two with 10 overs to go you're thinking oh we we're going great guns here we'll we'll post a good total but now even if you're you've got wickets in hand you still feel under pressure you think well 200 might not be enough when you're looking at 240 250 and and keep mm. pushing you feel more pressure even though you're in overs 25 to 30 to 35, you still feel it. All of that, Those overs can go really quickly and all of a sudden you've only scored 20 to 30 runs and now you're behind where you should be. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I think I think mm. that is that is that is one beef you can have with Cameron because that's the sort of phase where he kind of slows down massively. I tell you what, that's the kind of phase where Ash Shastri comes out to bat and I get a single off the first ball and then don't face the rest of the over, and then somehow he gets a single off the last ball, and then it goes five overs, and I face about three balls. So that's how I've slowed down. It's funny. I, I'd love to see if anyone has stats on my strike rate or my scoring once Ash comes into bat, because I don't think it go, gets very quick. 
the amount of balls I face when Ash gets in, it, it plummets, I believe. Uh, the skill, I don't know if we've really got into it on, on this uh, podcast. No, we haven't, the, no. the Ash's ability, remarkable ability. He could smash the balls at any part of the boundary he wishes for five balls of the over. And suddenly the sixth, it's... It's it's a devilish delivery which he can only get a single off. It's it's remarkable. <laughs> All the ones that go out to third man where there's only a fine leg, and but he can only make one. Oh my goodness! The amount of times I audibly was showing my displeasure in the middle of a game. Uh, uh, yes. Um, anyway, we'll, we'll look. a skill he's required acquired from my dear uncle Philip, Uncle Phil. He uh, he he used to you know obviously he's struggled with his knees. Um, he could delicately hit you know ball off the cover ball off the you know no no run no run and then fifth or sixth ball he'll smack the ball at mid off and be screaming get one 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 for the for the next over and by then you're sitting on your bat handle thinking well we're not going to get any singles here and then all of a sudden he's charging towards you and you end up getting run out by someone that's double your age if not more Mm. (laughs) yes i think there was only a couple times where i endeavored to shout no to ash I think there was a few times where it got a bit silly where Ash hit it out to deep mid-wicket and I screamed no. Because I knew and, 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 he could have hit I, it anywhere. And, and I and I still push you out of, out of the ground to make yeah, sure probably. there was one. <laughs> yes. Uh, once Ash is going, the Jaipur Express is in motion. He's got to try and turn <laughs> it, stop it and turn it round. <laughs> it's like a big ship, isn't it? You can't, yeah, yeah. <laughs> can't turn that around. Yeah. If, I, if, I, if I turn around, it's going to be the, the Swiss Canal once again. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And so, in fact, in, in fact, in fact, uh, uh, sorry to interrupt, but uh, I refused to fill a single once. Like I was on strike. Oh my god! I remember I, this. Yes, yes, yes. It was. He probably Elam still Valley. hates you for it. Absolutely, he does. Elam Valley. Yes. Yeah. No. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And uh, but to be. Oh yeah. I, I don't believe he'll be listening, but. Uh, uh, for those again, context for those who are listening, Phil is Simon's uncle, and he is, apart from S Rose, and the other Roses, the the big legend of our club. Uh, the man has scored what is it, twenty eight, twenty nine, twenty twenty eight thousand runs. Yeah, yeah, something uh, just for this club. Uh, more elsewhere, nearly two hundred fifties, nearly fifty hundreds. It's absolutely incredulous how many runs he scored and was a, a decent bowler back in his day but he in this how can we say nowadays he could probably still do a job but he probably doesn't have the range of hitting motion that he may once have of had and ash probably did or or does have power hitting over phil and i and i remember it was the right decision for you to be maintaining strike but uh phil did not see it that way after or during the game but we've all been on the end of a Philip Rose lashing, so uh, wouldn't be I, the first. Oh, I, yeah, the last indeed, time. and I wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> I remember correctly that was the third ball of the over. I thought, okay, he took a single first ball, and like if I waste one more, then uh, we may be like kind of struggling for runs in that game. I think we got just about two hundred, and we only lost four wickets. So the next three balls I faced were six, four, and four. And at, I, least yeah, I, at least that decision helped us a little. He'd probably think he could have got three sixes, though. You deprived mm, yeah. him. Perhaps, yeah. Um, well, I would, I'd like to round off the episode talking a bit about uh, some events on the international scene because we've spoken a lot about us, villageness, uh, 
let's let's bring it back to some quality. I know some you've been uh, reading up on cricket around the world in anticipation for your debut on the show. Uh, let's start it off. Big news from maybe a week or so ago. Anderson and Broad being dropped from the test squad travelling to the West Indies. It was big news over here. Um, actually, how was it perceived? Was there any news of this in India, Ash? Uh, because over here, obviously, it's caused a lot of debate. It did at the time. Uh, and what are your opinions, Ash, on those two not going to the West Indies? Well, what I feel is that uh, Jimmy still has a couple of years more to contribute mm. to the side. And although being the younger one, Stuart Broad, I think he's more or less finished. He's gonna really? have maybe, he's gonna have maybe like a spell or two somewhere where he look uh, like his old self. But uh, I kind of don't uh, enjoy seeing him bowl. And that's coming from someone who uh, initially didn't like him much, but then uh, I saw him bowl in uh, uh, a test match at Lords against New Zealand, and uh, I must say, like while running in, he looked like the the quickest uh, of all the all the bowlers I've seen, and I've seen Stain, Stark, Akhtar, and all those people live, and he looked really? the quickest. Wow. Even Mitchell Johnson, so he kind of looked and felt like uh, the quickest of the lot. That surprised me. But the, but then uh, since then, I think over the past few years, he has. Uh, lost a bit of charm, lost a bit of quality in what he had. And the biggest problem England has is the fact that uh, they don't have anyone else coming up. Like I think if you look yeah. at the the, uh, the third best guy after these two, I think uh, Yofra has to be the the choice of everyone. And he's, he's been I don't out think for you like, can include him though. Precisely. Because he's only had like a, a summer and a half maybe. Yeah. But then and who other, knows if he's going to play again Red Bull cricket for England. Precisely. I think with all the T20 money coming in, he's just going to try and uh, not play that anymore. And I think if you're England, in the case of Joffrey, you have to take into account, do you want to risk him from our white ball setup? I, I think at this point, seeing as we haven't had him for anything recently, I'd our test side is such, so in the mud anyway. I'd, I'd rather just be able to wheel him out and consistently for uh, the one days and, and the T20 stuff as much as I'd love to see him with the Red Bull. Uh, so are you basically saying, Ash, that you agree with Strauss's decision to yep, uh, not yep. include them? Really? Because, uh, there, see, there, oh. because there is no other way for England to find out if there is any new bowler coming up. Because six, seven years ago, I think, they both had a slump in their form and there were discussions about I think the team should look beyond these two and, uh, and other stuff. And uh, they even gave it a go. They brought Chris Jordan, they brought Chris Wokes, Mark Wood, and all these guys. None of them, they were as good in comparison. But I think they missed a trick uh, at that time by not bringing in Chris Rushford from Durham. You've mentioned him a few times. I do love the way he bowls. And I think uh, for what England needed, I think, he could have done that job perfectly, like that Peter Siddle kind of a job. Mm. Because people said that, okay, yeah, he's medium, military medium and he's only going to do well in England. But then uh, you have Peter Siddle with, I, I don't remember him swinging anything ever. And then he did rather well in subcontinent as well with his like persistence and uh, this, the sort of fighter he was. I never liked him as a cricketer, but then I always 
admired the fight he had to make sure that he gives uh, gives his all for the team. I but I I read a piece from Jared Kimber. Yeah. Uh, that, that it doesn't really make sense this idea of this being the West Indies being like a testing ground for these new seamers. One because okay, Saqib Mahmood and Matt Fisher, uh, I think the only real new entities going into that into that squad. Who I I can't imagine Fisher's going to get a game to be honest. Maybe Saqib Mahmood. I hope. However, what are they going to get out? They're playing on for the last few years. The West Indies pitches have been the most seam friendly wickets, I believe, in the world statistically, and with a Duke's ball. So that obviously, if they do badly, that doesn't, that won't go well. But even if they do well, that's not going to translate to uh, them being effective Test players in the uh, subcontinent or even Australia, South Africa. Uh, this is like, I think he he made the comparison between the wickets and the rate of wickets seamers are taking in the West Indies are similar to that on in the county circuit. So I, I I'm not really sure other than kind of stat padding these youngsters and giving them some confidence, perhaps that may be uh, some, something to it. it I, I don't know. I, it doesn't sit right with me, Anderson and Broad not being there. And I, in my opinion, Broad is 35. He's got years left in him. And to kind of put him out like this uh, doesn't sit well with me when they were the best two bowlers out in Australia, statistically and with the eye. Uh, what about you, Simon? What are your opinions on the two, two greats being put out? But- I see the arguments for and against, but I'm I'm with Ash. Oh, it, it, it's oh no, that's going to get me edited out the whole show. <laughs> um, it, it's it's time to, to move on. There's never going to be a, a good time to do it. And is Andrew Strauss kind of like an interim guy at the moment? Uh, he's the interim because he isn't he like the head of the ECB or something like that, and he's the interim director of cricket genius decision because he's made this decision and then said but by no means is this the end for Jimmy and Stuart mm. but then he won't be there to bring them back in so he gets nothing on him and he's, and he's made the decision and I think good old wing commander Strauss yeah. was a good England captain he's, he's, he, he's made the right decision although it's a difficult one because the, the trouble we have now and we'd have a year down the line two years down the line however long Anderson and Broad decided to carry on is you know who who do you replace them with? There's no one really that we mentioned. Just touched on Joffre Archer. If you're if I'm Joffre Archer, why am I going to play Test cricket? What? Yeah. Why? I can make mm. all this money out in India. Uh, why am I going to risk it? But you know, all day, all, all day in the field playing in a Test match yeah. and getting slated by the media when I can go and bowl four overs in the IPL and get paid far more to do it. Yeah. So that, that that's yeah. that's Jofra. Um and then today I, I had a brief look at that England are playing the West Indies like a, a second eleven, a board eleven, whatever. Mm. And so they you know, this is a warm up to have a look at people. But Saqib Mahmood bowled seven overs and, and Matt Fisher bowled four overs. whereas Wokes we we know who Chris Wokes is. Well exactly my point. He bowled, he bowled twenty I think he bowled twenty overs. Well we don't need to look at Chris Wokes. Yeah. Overton had a bowl as well. He had quite a few overs. And Ollie Robinson limped off with a back spasm. Robinson's... Uh... And, and Mark Wood is ill as well. and might right. miss the first test match. So th- th- this is your replacements. So you could then argue, well, Anderson and Broad should be there because... Yeah. That bowling attack looks weak in my opinion. But at the same time, 
you do need to find some, you know, give people some overs, otherwise you'll never have a replacement. And eventually Anderson and Broad will run up, ride off into the sunset mm. and you'll be left in this position anyway. So is it get it out of the way in front of the West Indies? Who, who, we, who have we got in the summer? Uh, England have South Africa. South Africa, I've, they've been looking pretty good. They have. Is it the Windies as well? Or is it maybe Pakistan? I think Pakistan. Pakistan. We've got India. that one against one India. Test one against India, yeah. yeah. If, if they don't, you know, have to go off to the IPL again, they might actually play this one. Um, I, I think it's the right decision. A, a, a difficult one, but it's the right decision. See, there, there's a comparison between when Braun Nansen came into the side when Hoggard and Harmson left. It's, uh, it's, 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 it's New Zealand coming in. It's not Pakistan. It's New Zealand. For three tests. For New three Zealand tests. again? Yeah. We, we got smashed by them last season. Good cricket Vegas. watching New Zealand anyway. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm I'm secretly a New Zealand fan anyway. Um but uh I, I don't know, I just, it would doesn't make sense to me on two parts. One, if there was quality like when Anderson and Braw were coming up to then push out the incumbent incumbent seamers there, the aging seamers, that makes sense. But there's no quality coming through. And when James Anderson and Braw came in, Harmison and Hoggard's level was failing and, and dipping. If anything, they're as good as they ever were statistically broad and Anderson. So it doesn't it just doesn't make sense to me when we're already shocking maybe <laughs> with them. Uh but the bowling was the only thing slightly limping us through the ashes. I don't know. I I I can understand in some regards resting Jimmy, but the, the broad one especially when you're saying now Robinson's injury record does not look good. Uh and I was really shocked by his pace this during the ashes. It, it, it he impressed me during the summer here, but during the Ashes, maybe not so much. And he's kind of seen as that direct replacement for Broad. But you're saying Wood, we know, is also quite brittle. Um, Overton makes me want to cry. Uh, mm. Wokes I love over here, but again, is I've, I don't understand how someone can be so good at home and so poor away, at least statistically. Uh, and then you are left again with Saqib Mahmood and Fish. And as you're saying, we've got this weird thing of, in these tour games, not really giving everyone a proper go. Uh, I don't know. doesn't sit too right with me, but I guess time will tell. And I do respect Andrew Strauss, so hopefully it works out. Last topic well, for today. Well, but, but uh, one thing I would like to add, the last time Mr. Strauss sent uh, somebody out of the team, he never really made it back. Oh, yeah. KP, yes, KP. yeah. yeah. That but, would be quite interesting. Sure. Um, I guess... But then there's arguments for and against that one as well because KP, yeah. you know, obviously divisive. But we could do with KP batting well, for precisely. us now. I think. Yeah, even if he is a bit of a of a rogue personality. Um, last one I want to talk about is obviously we had two specials on the IPL recently, but since we last spoke, the IPL format. Uh, they they announced a very interesting kind of group stage dynamic to it. Uh, Ash, I'm sure you're you're well uh, informed on this. Uh, what do you think about this? Where they've split up and how they've done it is, I believe it's amount of titles or finals. Um, I have to say, one group and it does include Chennai, which I hope I don't get egg and, on my face, looks a yeah. bit weaker uh, mm-hmm. than the other one. And the idea is those no in whichever group you're in, A or B, you play each other twice 
within that group and then you play the other teams once or, or something along those well, lines? Well, uh, to put it uh, in a simpler in simpler terms, like if we are to have like a full home and away kind of a season, mm. that's going to increase the overall number of games to about 94. Yeah. Now with this, form, this formula, they cut it down to 74. Mm-hmm. So that is the reason, like the the way the groups are defined is not uh, there's no proper way of defining them, so that just goes down the drain. Yeah. Now, having said that, you just pick they just picked in terms of title, and then they just randomly put them around. But then, uh, as you said, one group looks stronger than the other, and it's the group you're in, isn't it? Is it's the group we are in as well. So, yeah. so the teams that are new group, you play them all twice. And in the other group, you play everyone once, but uh, there is one team in every group which you play twice. So that gives you that extra game. Mm-hmm. And it's the one that you are like kind of seeded the same. So for Chennai, it's Mumbai because we've both won the same. Well, yeah, yeah, like yeah. The most. Uh, who's who's your one? Uh, RCB. <laughs> so I'm I'm kind I'm, I'm, I'm kind of fancying our chances here. Sure. Because after many years of seeing uh, like the Sri Sant and Unatkat and all the rubbish stuff, really, we mm. kind of have a team which has a proper bowling unit. So it could be quite interesting to see like how how we go about this season. I'm I'm kind of pumped for that. Mm. Mm. I, I've I've had a, a thought on your bowling. If the because now we know it's in Mumbai mainly, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, the, the group stages. Am I right in saying that these are mainly seam friendly wickets? Mm-hmm. Well, and I would argue that at the moment your strength would be your spin bowling in Nashwin mm-hmm. and, and Chahal. So I don't know, obviously you can't, or they couldn't have foreseen that going into it, but because uh, you've obviously bowled tremendous. Krishna, I'm... Um, I think with the, with, with his newfound experience, I think he could be a weapon. And I think with these these four, like mm. two quality spinners and two quality fast bowlers, like we can have a team which is kind of strong on every kind of, in every condition. Right. Like Ashwin, he's going to bowl his like, um, he's going to try and men kid you all the time, to be honest. He's going to bowl those, he'll stop for half an hour, then bowl something, mm. do the flicks and all. But Butler but he's, he's in the same team. Yep. So Ashwin is going to be like our, our defensive spinner. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we can unleash Ch- uh, Chahal to like take uh, as many wickets as he can this season. Yeah. And, uh, well, Chahal's say, a superb player. Superb player. Same with Trent Bolt as well. Like uh, the uh, like uh, Krishna could be a control player and we can like ask Bolt to just go for the kill. Yeah. Because with Bolt and him, I think uh, we can have bowlers who can bowl up front, in the middle or at the end as well. Mm-hmm. Then we have Navdeep Saini, who's half decent. Yeah. We may have like Jimmy Nisham or somebody else playing as well. So that is something quite nice. Um, Simon. Yes. I want to know. You've said you've you've had a bit more of an interest in the IPL. You've very kindly listened to the previous episodes. Do you have a team going into this year? And if not, we we shall we shall give you one. Uh, for me, I, I don't particularly have a team out, out of loyalty to my my good friend Ash, especially when he used to be talking cricket in the car. I, I felt 
a bit of allegiance towards the Rajasthan Royals as that was his team and that, mm. that was who he yeah. followed. So I said, well, you know, I'll follow, that's your team. I'll, I'll follow them then and that I'll look out for their results and I tend to look at all the results anyway. Um, if there's a, a particular team, I'd need to look more at the squads. You kindly went through all the squads yeah. uh, in, in your last few episodes. But I need to sort of see them on the television with the scorecards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I like him. I like it. You know. So, if any 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 votes as to who I should support, then yeah, people let let us know who Simon should support. I, I've yeah, I'm open. I'm open to any. Obviously, I would love you to support Chennai with with me. But I think an interesting team going into this year, especially looking at the English contingent, is actually um, uh, Punjab. Because they've they've uh, they've signed Bearstow and Livingston and a bit of Benny Howe and I think they have and they've got Rabada and so on so they have a strong team this year so um, but if you like pain uh, maybe get on t- uh, and support Gujarat Lions I believe is that is that their name Ash is it Gujarat Lions Good, uh, Gujarat Titans 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 uh, yes if you if you like pain Simon perhaps support them and because the final thing I wanted to say is. In our roundup of the team's last episode, I believe Gujarat, we probably had them at, at last. Um, at last. And, and that was with the inclusion of Jason Roy. Uh, and the mm. news coming out that he has decided to not participate this year. I'm pretty sure the only good, real good thing about Gujarat's business of the auction was picking up Jason Roy. So, Ash, yeah. what, where do you think they're going to go? I've heard rumours. Is it Shurish Reiner they're thinking of picking up, which is... a uh, is humorous well, in itself. Some people are saying that, okay, we don't need Rana, and Rana is not even in the contention. But I think just for his market value, they may have to mm. get him. Yeah, the Dhoni. Yeah, so the Dhoni thing yeah, yeah, and yeah. like the like the the PR thing, it could be quite nice for them to get him. Yeah. Because I do not see anyone else fitting in. Like, if not him, they may even have to go for like Aaron Finch maybe, which is going to be even worse. Oh, that's true. There was plenty of overseas players that weren't picked up at base price, so yeah. th- there'll be someone, maybe an Owen Morgan, who knows. Um, yeah. Fellas, thank you so much for today, and a huge thank you to our guest, Simon Rose. It's been wonderful. I think everyone can agree. Uh, he is the gentleman of Hive Green and, and everyone's favourite, especially most certainly mine, uh, and it's been a joy to have him on. Absolute pleasure. Uh, and I'm sure... As I said before, we're, we're going to have people crying out to get him on or get one of us off for, for Simon mm. more regularly. So hopefully we'll hear from him again if, if he will if he will oblige us uh, after this, after listening to us. I, I would love to. The, the, the only thing that could have been better is if we're all in the same room. Well, myself that, and Ash with that an is ale. the dream. Yourself with a with a one of your lemonades. Yeah, we've yeah. sat and spoke cricket for many hours. So Absolutely. it's been a pleasure. Thank you and, for having. Uh, me. I look forward to seeing and you soon. Training next week, Simon. I hope you'll be there. I'm, I'm putting it out to the internet. The internet knows now that there's training. The COVID. There. I, I, can't, I, I, I can't risk my fellow squad members just yet until mm. I'm negative. Oh, well, we all hope uh, that it comes. Oh, yes. Yeah, I think that we have missed out on something, something regarding Ash's poll. Oh, Ash's poll, yes. Oh, what? Yep. What have you got an idea for Ash's poll this I week? Do. Uh, I do. You do. I do. That's I do. good. Yep. I love that every I think, week. Uh, I think it's a euphemism. I think we, we we started with the 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 best ball Shane one has ever bowled. 
And I would say like the one he bowled to Strauss was I think much better than the one than Gatsing. Yeah. So I think there could be a very good poll on that as to whether Okay. The getting one was better or the, the Strauss one. Yeah, the getting or Strauss delivery. Yeah, excellent, Ash. Yeah. So once this episode's out, once again, everyone, go onto the Instagram, have a look, be a part of the poll, Ash's poll, uh, and we'll talk about the result uh, next episode. Uh, again, thank you both very much for your time. Uh, it's been joyous as always, and lovely to see you, Ash, and hopefully see you next week, Simon. But from all of us here, adios. <laughs>